Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Hey, Shocker fans, want the latest on Wichita State Athletics? Let's go right to the source with Shocker AD Kevin Saul. All right, and welcome back. Hour number two. Happy to have our biweekly visit with Kevin Saul in year one at Wichita State as the new athletics director, wrapping up the fall season, looking ahead to the winter season uh, as we get ready for Shocker Madness Thursday night. We'll get more on that. Uh, as we make our way through the news item that's come up since the last time we talked, Kevin, though, is with the baseball program. Um, Eric Wedge steps aside for personal medical reasons, I believe, is is the way that it was. You guys put it out there. What can you tell us and, and what does that mean for this year for Shocker Baseball? And what does it mean in the long term for Shocker Baseball? Well, first, guys, thanks for having us on the show. Appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to kickstarting hour number two here. So uh, thanks again for having us. Good to good always, as always, to talk to you all. Uh, regarding our baseball program, obviously, I, I won't stray a whole uh, too far from the public comments that we've made. Obviously, you, you all understand the sensitivity of, of that information. Um, and certainly, we want to make sure that we're respectful of um, of persons and privacy and all those things. And so that piece is very important. As the statement mentioned, um, uh, Lauren Hibbs will serve as the the interim day-to-day head coach as we transition out of our 20-hour segment. We finished up Fall World Series games uh, last Saturday. By the way, we played five games, and uh, it was one of the more entertaining Fall World Series I've ever seen in the last 20 years. The guys did a remarkable job and very competitive series, so that was good. Uh, we transition into our eight-hour segments, which is a whole lot more of strength and conditioning and individual uh, workouts and bullpens and cage work and, and all those things. Again, we're only about five, six weeks away from finals. So uh, that's the way that we will operate day-to-day uh, for the time being and uh, continue to push our program forward. I think it's it's critical in these moments of transition and, and, and change um, to make sure that our student athletes feel like they're very well supported, so we've spent a lot of time with with them to ensure that their experience is is kept at the forefront and that they are the 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 priority um, in terms of what we're doing. They're they're the reason why we're here. So we want to make sure that we're we're doing right by our student athletes and our coaches and everybody that's uh, associated with our program. Kevin, talk a little bit about Lauren Hibbs. Um, you know, obviously a Shocker alum, um, is a, a Wichita area guy spent nearly 30 years as the head coach at Charlotte, has been back with the Shocker baseball program since 2019 as the director of operations. Uh, that transition, um, even in the interim to Lauren Hibbs, what does that look like? Well, it's it's seamless, right, because he spent 27 years as a head coach at Charlotte. Um, he's very well respected in the baseball community, in the college baseball community, in the Wichita State baseball community, as you, as you well know. Uh, we hosted the uh, the baseball annual golf tournament last weekend um, and a social event on on um, what was that Friday night? Excuse me, Saturday night, and it was just a it was a great opportunity uh, for our our baseball alums to come back and um, we had 27 uh, four person teams for the golf tournament, which was uh, uh, a record of recent years. Um, so. 
uh, obviously a lot of interest in, in our program, tremendous support from our alumni. Um, Lauren has been a part of this program from, you know, the, the infancy stage of this program in terms of um, being here as a, as a coach um, and having so many relationships with those guys and, and maintaining that connection over the years. So that part's been really good. Obviously, Coach Pelfrey does a, a great job with our pitchers and brings all the knowledge and experience from his um, many years in, in Major League Baseball. And we've got a, a, an unbelievable uh, recruiting coordinator, Mike Sirianni, just does a phenomenal job. Um, very well respected by our players and our recruits and families have had an opportunity to engage with those recruits and families over one of the weekends in the fall world series and they're recruiting at a high level um, coach Pelfrey and, and uh, coach Sirianni lead that recruiting effort and they do a phenomenal job with that. So we've had two consecutive top 30 uh, recruiting classes. Uh, this next year looks to be one of the stronger ones that we've had here, even, even recently in the last two years. So um, just tremendous momentum uh, in terms of our baseball program, and, and Coach Hibbs is able to take the torch and continue to move it forward. All right, Kevin. Well, let's uh, let's turn the page a little bit because we are now one day, a little more than 24 hours away from Shocker Madness on Thursday night. We talked to Craig Porter Jr. yesterday, which is great. One of the few Shockers we know something about, but it's an interesting Shocker Madness this year because there are so many guys who – Fans will finally get an opportunity to meet, and so many of the Shocker women's basketball players, by the same token, they've got a lot of turnover on the roster too this year. It's almost like an introduction of Shocker basketball on both sides because we just don't know a lot about it yet. Yeah, you're exactly right, and and you'll see some uh, special interest stories and things coming out as, as, as we get even closer to the season and into the season. You'll learn a lot about um, our young people in both programs uh, on um, on Thursday night, the 27th, Shocker Madness. Uh, doors open up at 5.30. Both teams will be doing some trick-or-treating with young people in terms of uh, passing out candy and engaging with young people. And then we'll get into the on-court uh, introductions. We'll do some fun um, skills activities and, and intros through those skills activities. Then you'll get a chance to see each team obviously uh, work their way through a running clock uh, exhibition. Uh, both teams, uh, excuse me, uh, men's basketball will compete uh, this week in a closed scrimmage, and our women didn't close scrimmage on Sunday. And uh, certainly some uh, great pieces coming together on both sides. Jennifer and I had an opportunity, guys, to host both teams at the house this past weekend. Um, and certainly have enjoyed getting to know our student athletes and our coaches over the last many weeks, uh, attending practices and, and then again, hosting them at our home. We got some unbelievable stories, um, some great young people that come from very unique and interesting backgrounds. To give you a little bit of background on our women's basketball program, we've got um, eight countries represented uh, on our roster. Um, and, and over 12 languages. And it's one of the most diverse group of young women that, that I've ever seen on a, on a team. And uh, they love each other. It's, uh, it, the, the culture and those dynamics are really, really good. Um, I think we've got some, some talent and some speed. We've had the ability to score. You know, we return um, two of our top rebounders from a top 20 nationally rebounding team. So I think we're going to do some really good things. And um, I'm excited to see what Coach Keith Adams and our roster can do there. On the men's side, you guys uh, talked about it, a lot of new faces. Uh, we've got 11 uh, new young men in our program, and you're starting to, to hear and learn a lot about those guys, some of which have been in our system 
uh, either as red shirts or active players last year. You've got uh, individuals that have returned to us from other institutions, uh, making their second stint with the Shockers, and then you've got five or six that have Division One experience. And uh, I'm excited about the group. There's a lot to uh, to learn. Um, there are some very, very talented and athletic young men in our program. Um, tall, long, um, they're quick, they can score. Um, obviously, working our way through what it means to play Wichita State team defense. Um, the synergy pieces are always a work in progress, regardless of how many players you have that are new. There's some unique elements having 11 new players to, to certainly understanding the culture and the synergy and what you're trying to get to. And so our coaches talk about that every single day, uh, who we are and what we're trying to be. So really excited about the season to get started. And uh, we've got exhibition games on November 1st and 2nd, and then the men kick it off against uh, Central Arkansas on the 7th. Kevin, I want to ask you, you know, we're, we're, uh, entering into year three of the Isaac Brown era at Wichita State, um, you know, lost a couple of cornerstone pieces from the team in Tyson Etienne and um, and Dexter Dennis and several other guys. Uh, what's his mindset going into year three with a bunch of newcomers and and the the time it takes to get a new team to gel together? Well, I think very committed, very focused. Um, uh, Coach Brown is a incredible. Uh, worker. He's got an unbelievable work ethic. Um, he is connected and engaged uh, with the student athletes. I think he's assembled a very qu- high quality um, uh, staff in terms of our assistant coaches with Waterman, Pierre, and, and Kennedy. Um, certainly guys that have had tremendous experience both uh, in the coaching and teaching elements, but also in the recruiting components. And so excited about where we're headed. Obviously, everybody understands every year is an important year for us. Uh, in terms of our basketball program in Wichita State, what that means for us as a community, what that means for us financially within our department. Um, it's critically important that we continue to, to, to make steps forward in terms of prox- progress uh, because so many uh, of our other programs are reliant on that success. So um, it is a unique spot for us, and I think uh, Coach is up to the challenge, and, and he certainly understands, as do I, um, the importance of success, and we're united in, in our efforts to move it forward. Kevin, when you evaluate Isaac Brown in year three, and I think a lot of people wonder, have you and he sat down and had expectations laid out, or how do you approach this? It's your first time in, and there's all the turnover. What is an expectation for you for the basketball program? Picked eighth in the league? I mean, is there a simple formula for that, or is that a complicated question? Well, I think it's multifaceted, um, and so it, it, it tends to be a little bit of a longer conversation. What I will tell you is the importance of the structure that's set up in terms of our day-to-day sport administrators. I have a, I have a regular meeting um, with Coach Brown uh, where we meet uh, weekly and walk through needs and various aspects of the program. All of our sport administrators uh, and I will, will communicate uh, with our coaches, and it's a mutual exchange in terms of preseason, what are our expectations for that particular season. And then we use those conversations and the progress um, and the, um, the journey of the season then to evaluate uh, postseason. And so we, we, we will effort to do a very good job to be on the same page in terms of what are we trying to accomplish and how are we going to get there in each one of our seasons and all of our sports. And then obviously we evaluate um, as we get to the end of each season and, and talk about, uh, again, revisit all the program, program audit 
elements, whether that's recruiting, financing, staff, um, you know, equipment, all of the things that, that are critically important to feeding our programs and, and doing a great job there. So the answer to your first question is yes, we meet regularly. And we talk through all those important pieces. Um, everybody understands the expectation in terms of, of what that looks like here at Wichita State. Our expectation is to play in the NCAA tournament. And um, we certainly need to uh, aspire to win championships. Uh, Coach Brown, 15 and 13 last year. But uh, I think we at times can be quick to forget that we won a league championship that, that first year. And uh, I think that that piece is important. Certainly understand the formula, the dynamic to, to win a, a league championship and what that takes. And that's where we want to get to. Um, at the end of the day, you guys, we've talked a lot about the Shocker way. We've talked a lot about um, our strategic objectives that are surrounding our, our academics, our contribution in the community, and then ultimately championships. And we aspire to win 15 championships in the next five years in all of our sports. That's an aggressive goal. And certainly men's basketball will be one to lead the way in, in terms of that expectation for championships and, and postseason appearances and deep runs in the postseason. Speaking of the Shocker Way, the announcement was made a couple of weeks ago, Kevin, about the Shocker Way mezzanine at Charles Koch Arena. Uh, tell folks if they haven't heard what that all entails and what folks can uh, can receive when they purchase a membership. Yeah, absolutely. So the Shocker Way mezzanine is really a uh, came out as a result of all these listening sessions that we've been doing with our season ticket holders. Um, we've talked a little bit about the congestion on concourses, the opportunity to get engaged in some new premium game day amenities. And so we thought we would combine a few elements. And as you walk into the main entrance of Coke Arena on that southwest side um, and go up those stairs, there's a very long balcony up there. And so we're going to um, outfit that balcony with cocktail tables. There will be bar service up there with food. Um, it's a sponsored element for us, and so we're really excited about uh, that opportunity. It's a, a an hour-and-a-half pregame opportunity where folks can go up and kind of be elevated up above the concourse. They're visible um, in terms of what that looks like, but it's a, it's a pregame hospitality area sponsored by Mocha's Cafe. And we're certainly appreciative for, for their sponsorship. Um, memberships are, are available by calling our ticket office, 978-FANS. Um, and we're looking forward to it. We've got a couple. I think at this point we're a couple dozen sold. And we're going to use the first exhibition game or two to, to introduce it to some other folks. And the, the goal is that we would grow that over the, the course of the season. But it's a great opportunity for folks to enjoy um, some food and beverage pregame. Man, it is hard to believe, but the next time we talk to you, Kevin, we're going to be in the basketball season. I I can't tell you how excited we are about that. Here we go. We're that close. Shocker Madness tomorrow night. You can go to GoShockers.com to find all the information on that that you need. A lot of new faces, some familiar. Uh, some guys we've known from their prep days that are coming back, like Xavier Bell. So a lot of cool right. uh, things happening for you guys tomorrow night. Um, we appreciate these visits, and let's do it again in a couple weeks. Sounds great. If if I could just maybe steal 30 seconds at the end here, guys. Yeah. We just uh, sent a release out uh, entitled uh, just Wichita State bringing new game day elements to Coke Arena. And uh, I'm hopeful you guys will see that. It's available on GoShockers.com. But, again, we've had uh, three or four different listening sessions with our season ticket holders. We've had uh, donor lunches and dinners over the last 120 days. A lot of information coming in the funnel. This release that we just put out is is action items, uh, what's coming out of the funnel. 
in terms of what are we trying to accomplish with our driveway to driveway experience, our game day production, our, our fan experience at events. And you will see literally a dozen and more um, an, initiatives and efforts from our perspective to make Coke Arena the place to be on game day. Um, whether it's, um, you know, non-permit parking and shuttle options that we've coordinated with the city, new concession specials and branding, new points of sale for um, for concession stands on the concourse to make that more efficient. We've added a second uh, bookstore, team store location. We've kept our concession pricing flat in terms of reducing Shocker Athletics' um, commission on concession sales so that we can keep that flat. Uh, we've created some very unique family um, value plans at our concession stands because we want this to be the place to be. Um, we're certainly appreciative of all the support that we've had from folks over the years and, and certainly want folks to, to come back and enjoy that. So you'll see a lot of information, texting service, shuttles. We're doing a special app on our phones. It's going to come online mid to late November uh, that will add some significant elements to the game day experience. So a little more than 30 seconds, guys, but we're excited about it. We'll have DJs. We'll have MCs. A lot of great things coming for, uh, for Coke Arena this season. No, that's good stuff. That's that's what fans want to hear and know about. So, yeah, we'll we'll get that. You can check it out. Um, we'll get that up, uh, try to get that up at KFH Radio as well for folks. But um, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, let's do this again soon. We'll, we'll get an evaluation. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get the word from people on, on how they felt through those first couple of runs on this new experience. Sounds, so that's, uh, that's exciting stuff. Sounds great. Guys, thank you so much. Appreciate uh, all you do for our programs. Go Shockers. All right, there goes Kevin Saul. We'll come back. We'll digest a little of that. We'll talk Adrian Martinez. We got an update, sort of, from Chris Kleiman yesterday on the K-State quarterback. That's next on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jake Balbrock, Tommy Caster. Catch our breath a little bit here. Our thanks to Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. Our thanks to Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, for those conversations. You can catch them both at kfhradio.com. If you missed anything, a lot of good insight into the latest with uh, Wichita State baseball program um, as Aaron Eric Wedge steps aside and into getting ready for basketball and some changes and for game days at Coke Arena, which I know is always interesting to fans here. So catch any of those conversations kfhradio.com Jake Valbrock, Tommy Caster here with you on Sports Daily on a Wednesday. Jad Chambers producing for us. Um, Adrian Martinez, we waited uh, anxiously, quite frankly, for yesterday to find out the latest on Adrian Martinez. And Tommy, we didn't get much of an update. And I don't think that's because they're trying to hold anything back. I think it's I think it's the reality of the situation that this really does feel like a game time decision on Adrian Martinez for Saturday in the just the huge home game against Oklahoma State. There's really no reason for Chris Kleiman to, to hide the status. Like, if, if Adrian Martinez was ready to go, um, I think he probably would have said that. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. This is a game-time decision. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be absolutely essential going into this game against Oklahoma State that whether or not it's Adrian Martinez or Will Howard – 
that either one of those guys, and, and I, it sounds like both of them are going to need to prepare for, uh, you know, to, for one of the, one or the other to play. Uh, they've got to prepare to, to, to be essential in that game and to, to be dynamic in that game. It's a huge test. You know, they're playing Oklahoma State, and this is, you know, sort of the, the litmus test to see if they're going to be able to get into a Big 12 title game or not. Yeah, you know, I don't – Will the good news for K-State fans, and it's it's really funny that we're saying this after last year, but the, the good news, and it might be really good news, is that Will Howard is going to be able to go, whether that's as a backup or as a starter. One way or the other, Will Howard's good, and he looked good. Looked certainly better than he ever has for K-State last week in his time at TCU, and you wonder, had he not temporarily left the game, if they might have been able to win the game. Uh, some critical mistakes in, in moments when Jake Rubley came in. So that's one plus. KU's still favored in this game, which is interesting. I You know, K, K or sorry, KU, I said KU. K-State's still favored in this game. And K-State has been mispriced to me all year. Um, and so now when they face their most adversity, the fact that they're favored in this game is really interesting to me. Oklahoma State's always been, also been mispriced all year. I, I don't, I'm not sure what their record against the spread is, but it might be perfect. They've been a good bet all year. I don't know why Oklahoma State has been consistently underrated. I think Oklahoma. I still think Tommy that Oklahoma State is the best team in this league. Quite frankly, um, that doesn't mean I don't think K State can beat them at home. Of course they can. I think this league is really competitive, but I do think Oklahoma State's the best team in the league, and I really, really hope that the caution they took with Martinez against TCU, which I don't disagree with, by the way, pays off and he's able to go against the Cowboys on Saturday. I think, you know, it's going to be paramount for the Wildcats to win this game for Adrian Martinez to play and not Will Howard. And that's not a knock on Will Howard, uh, but just being, you know, super, like putting my my critical thinking cap on for a second, um, I really, I have a hard time seeing a path for Kansas State to win this game against Oklahoma State with Will Howard at quarterback starting the game. Uh, and I think it's because what Adrian Martinez can do on the ground um, and being that um, that compliment to Deuce Vaughn running the football. Now, Will Howard, yeah, he can run the ball too, um, but probably not as well as Adrian Martinez can. And so, you know, I, I think that it's going to be... Clearly, the Wildcats will have a much better chance to to take down Oklahoma State in this huge game in Manhattan if Adrian Martinez is at quarterback and not Will Howard. Um, but you are encouraged by the way that Howard performed against TCU. It was one of the best outings that we've seen from Will Howard in his career at Kansas State. Uh, and we saw him fill in for Skylar Thompson multiple times uh, in the two years prior. So he knows how to do that. He knows how to enter games and, you know, play in relief of a starting quarterback, but with a monumental game like this against a really, really good Oklahoma state team with your chances to play for a big 12 title, potentially on the line, uh, man, the wildcats are going to have a much better chance to win behind the arm and the legs of Adrian Martinez than with Will Howard. For sure. But I think at least we know now that their chances feel almost non-existent with Jake Rubley and Will Howard showed us something in the last game. Um, Will Howard, much like last year when he couldn't do it, 
feels like maybe he can this year. I mean, the key for whoever the K-State quarterback is, right, a couple of things. you got to take care of the ball, and you have to keep defenses honest against Deuce Vaughn. I mean, that's it. That's what the quarterback has to be able to do. Adrian Martinez has certainly exceeded that uh, since, what, about week three, as he's really opened things up and added another element to the offense with his legs. But at its core, I don't think that has changed. The, the, the role of the quarterback in this offense has changed a tremendous amount from before we started the season. We knew that K-State would play a style of football that would not allow turnovers. Um, and we knew that Deuce Vaughn is the straw that stirs the drink. I think both of those things are still true. I think you have to do that first and foremost. You cannot let a defense lock down on Deuce Vaughn or or it's going to be trouble. But Brooks and Knowles are dynamic playmaking receivers. Um, if you can get those guys involved, just keep a defense on its toes. And you could almost tell, Tommy, I, I think, and I, you know, I haven't gone back and watched all the film or anything like that, but you could almost tell that when Will Howard came into the game against TCU, they probably did think, all right, now we just got to stop Deuce Vaughn. And that's how Howard was able to make some really big plays early on to sort of, you know, let them know, like, no, you can't, like, we'll, we'll torch you here. And, and that's critical. So I think the Will Howard piece of the injury news this week is is meaningful. Certainly more meaningful than we would have thought, you know, two weeks ago. But man, if Adrian Martinez, let's say Adrian Martinez comes back. And let's say he's healthy and he plays the full game. Do you think K-State's the favorite in the game at that point? I think so. I, and I would be okay with that. I would be okay with at home Adrian Martinez starting against Oklahoma State if they're favored to win the game. I would be totally okay with that. Um, I don't know. I'm a little bit skeptical at this point right now that the the game plan that you lined out of, you know, keeping defenses honest and having Deuce Vaughn be the straw that stirs the drink, I'm a little bit skeptical that that will be enough to beat Oklahoma State. It's been enough to beat Iowa State. It's been enough to beat Texas Tech, Oklahoma in the non-conference, that was enough. It wasn't enough to beat TCU, and I doubt that it's going to be enough to beat Oklahoma State. With with opponents like that, when you've got top 10 opponents nationally in the Horned Frogs and the Cowboys, I don't know if that's going to be enough, and that's where I go back to, yeah, Deuce Vaughn is dynamic, and, and they've got some really, really solid receivers, but it's a quarterback game, and at some point... And we saw this against TCU. We'll probably see this against Oklahoma State. The Wildcats will have to win with their quarterback. And I don't know. I don't know if Will Howard, as it stands right now, will be able to go out and beat a top 10 team. I, ju I just don't know that. I think, I think Adrian Martinez can. And so I would be okay with them being favored at home against the Cowboys if Martinez starts. Yeah, I, I, and I agree with you, by the way. At its core, that's what K-State needs to do with Will Howard. Is it enough is a different, that's a different part of the equation. But that, but you also to do, have but to, I don't think it's enough. We also have to lean on their defense, right? Getting healthy and being a factor. That, that scenario works if the defense is playing at its peak, which is really good, right? As good as any team in the league. That's how that formula works. If the defense isn't there, that formula clearly doesn't work. It won't. So you've got to factor that part of it in, too. 
if taking care of the ball and taking the pressure on Deuce Vaughn is going to work, K-State's got to be really good defensively, which, again, we've seen them be that this year, right? And we've seen them not be that when they've dealt, you know, they've had times where they've given up too many big plays, where they've looked soft, where they haven't been able to make big stops, and they've and, and they're not healthy either on that side of the ball. So that's a factor in it, too. I mean, I think everybody would agree that Adrian Martinez takes the pressure off Deuce Vaughn. He takes the pressure off the defense. He takes the pressure off of everything. If he's playing the way we've seen him play, when people have been talking about him as a dark horse Heisman type guy. Now, I don't I don't know that he's that, but but he's really exploded onto the scene and played a high level of football. I just, the problem with all of it is, even if he does play, we don't know if he's playing at 100%. We still don't even really know what's wrong in the first place, right? But we know it was serious enough for them to, uh, them to, compromise is not the right word when I say that against the TCU game. But it's bad enough that they weren't willing to take the risk in a game they really needed in Fort Worth last week. So it's not like this is just some nagging thing. Like, it's a significant injury, or that would have never happened. Adrian Martinez is in his last year. Like, why would he not play if he could play? You know what I mean? So it makes me think that this is a fairly serious injury. But what we don't know is, is it a time-will-heal kind of injury? Or is it a, no matter what happens, he's going to have to play through it kind of injury? We, we don't have that information. So I, I just don't know the answer to that, but it's a critical question. Yeah, I sort of feel like it's almost deja vu, um, and, and we're having nearly yeah. the same conversation that we yeah. had a week ago uh, against TCU. Now it's a little bit different because of the injury situation, but um, I, I think of what I said one week ago when we were previewing the TCU game, and I think it applies here for Oklahoma State even more so if Will Howard plays the game. The Wildcats cannot afford to get into a shootout with the Cowboys in the same way that they could not afford to get into a shootout with TCU. Um, and the Wildcats, they played really well defensively early on. Uh, and then, of course, they had injuries and, and that sort of thing. TCU came back, and they were able to put up 38 points. And the Wildcats went behind Will Howard and then Jake Rubley a little bit. They were not able to keep up. They, they, were not, they did not have the offensive firepower to be able to keep up. Um, and so my, and I know it's going to come across that I'm being hypercritical of the Wildcats and, and hypercritical of Will Howard, but we saw their offensive firepower one week ago with Will Howard against TCU, and it was good, but it wasn't enough to win the game, and I don't think it's going to be enough to win the game against Oklahoma State if Will Howard starts the, the football game. Oh, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment for sure. I think... It would have been interesting to see how the TCU game played out had Rubley not had to come in for a little bit because he was really bad and made critical key, key, key mistake. Um, and I also think that it's interesting to see if K-State at home is a factor and if the defense can play better too. So Will Howard, if if, if Adrian Martinez can't play, it's I mean, we're all going to focus on Will Howard. But I think the reality is the bigger... If K-State wins, if Will Howard is the starter and K-State wins that game, to me it's going to be because their defense played lights out more than it is. Unless Will Howard made a bunch of mistakes, obviously. But the defense will become a bigger key to that win than Will Howard will if that's the scenario that plays itself out. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. I know Will Howard uh, you know, missed some action in the second half. 
but the Wildcats didn't score at all in the second half. They couldn't get anything going offensively. Credit to TCU for adjusting in the second half. And then, you know, they were able to put up 21 second half points and win the game by 10. Uh, you can't afford that against the Cowboys. You just can't. You can't afford to have any half be completely shut out. It's going to have to be a little bit of a different scenario offensively if K-State wants to win. And we're going to guess at it because I honestly, I don't think we're going to know if Adrian Martinez is a starter until Saturday morning. I really don't. I, I think until we see like warm-ups, we're not going to know. Maybe we will. Maybe they'll say, all right, he looks good to go and he's going to be our starter. Maybe we'll get that information before the game. I doubt it, though. That's just my gut. Uh, 869-1240. We'll come back. We'll continue with Sports Daily. Final full segment coming up. everybody sports daily on kfh uh kind of open up here 869-1240 is the number to call a couple other headlines i've seen this morning <laughs> apparently uh tommy the patriots players were caught off guard by the mac jones bailey zappy quarterback carousel there's now uh a big debate going on on the internet whether the interception ball from mac jones hit the the sky cam wire you asked for this bill belichick this is your mess now. I cannot believe he did this. Like, I, I, I just, what is he thinking with this? Why did you play Mac Jones? If there was ever a chance you were going to go to Zappy in that game, why did you put Mac Jones in there? It's just going to be a mess now in New England. And by the yeah. way, I, I think it's Mac Jones. I think I think Mac Jones is probably better than Zappy. Just, just at the surface, I, I'm totally willing to be wrong about that. Uh, but come on, man. Like, if you're going to go to Zappy in the game, just start Zappy. Yeah, this seems like it, it's really bizarre uh, that we're talking about this in regards to Bill Belichick. Like, you know, the guy's a, a Hall of Famer, and he's he, he could teach a master class and how to coach an NFL team. And this is so un-Belichick-like. Uh, and and that's, I think that's what makes it so much more confusing because um, I could see, you know, a, a rookie head coach doing something like this, not Bill Belichick. And, and that's what makes it so bizarre. It, it's so unnecessary, right? Only it, it, that's, that's the, <laughs> that's the biggest thing. Absolutely unnecessary. It's like he sat in a meeting and said, all right, guys, I don't think we can make a trade for Tom Brady, but what's the next most distracting thing we could do here as an organization to really uh, draw everyone's attention into it. I mean, yeah, I, I can't. I can't think of another scenario, right? I, I, it's just, it's mind blowing that we've entered this point, and yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of jokes <laughs> Not, that come to my head. I don't want to yeah. get myself into trouble, so I, the inappropriate <laughs> joke I was about to make, I'll I'll reserve that for another time. But I, I just like it, it. The unnecessary nature of it. If you thought, and it's okay that they thought, man, maybe Zappy's better. Right. There's yeah. such an easy way to find that out. You just say Mac Jones isn't ready yet and you start Zappy. Right. We've, we they're, saw they're... the Cowboys do it with Dak Prescott. Right. Like 
They yeah. did it to some degree with Cooper Rush, and then they just let Rush fail before they were like, see, Zach, then Dak Prescott's our quarterback, right? Everybody, we never had a doubt. Yeah, there were so many different ways to handle this, and um, and and I don't think the way that Bill Belichick handled it is the way that anybody else, you know, probably would have, and 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 that's what makes it so bizarre. Um, not to change the subject at all, but something else that's mind blowing that just came out um, about an hour ago. Uh, this was tweeted by one of the the beat reporters for the Denver Broncos. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, his name <laughs> is Zach Stevens, <laughs> and he I said, "I'm going to read this. I'm going to read it word for word." Russell Wilson worked out and stretched for four of the eight hours on the flight from Denver to London. They're playing in the London game on Sunday. Said he was doing high knees in the aisle when the rest of the guys were asleep. Your gut reaction, your first take on hearing that. Yeah. um, I'm not surprised at all. It's a weird report. And it's weird that that information came from Russell Wilson. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on now. Russ. Look, <laughs> Russ. Just go play and play well. Right? I mean, we don't just care think about what it. Like, workouts you're doing. We don't care that you're telling guys run or pass on the sidelines. We don't care that you're there to shake everybody's hand as they walk into the locker room. I don't know Russell Wilson at all. I'm not going to sit here and claim that it's not genuine that he doesn't just want to work that hard, that he's not that good of a teammate. It only matters what what his teammates think, right? It only matters that his teammates care about that stuff because ultimately all anybody cares about is that he plays well and they win games. And I I know that it's it's sacrilegious to reference the Raiders when we're talking about the Broncos, but it's 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 Al Davis. It's just win, baby. Like that that's that's all you need from Russell Wilson. Just go out and win the game. You don't need to let everybody know, and it doesn't need to be reported, and you don't need to... I mean, working out for four hours on an eight-hour flight in the aisle while other people are asleep? Who cares? Win the game. Your team is garbage. For you. Show off. Win the game. Right. I imagine his teammates on that were pretty annoyed that he was waking them up, quite frankly. Sure. If you want to be a good teammate, let your guys sleep, man. I've done that flight before. It's, It's not fun. And I would be, it would be less fun if I had somebody in the aisle working out next to me. You want your teammates to like you? Order them around to beers to sit there yeah. and get through that flight. You make sure everybody has the in-flight Wi-Fi. Uh, you know, you be a good teammate that way. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap up this edition of Sports Daily next. I'm just-